It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now, here again, Brian Barnhart. And good morning again. Welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. Our Monday morning quarterback show, our first version here, as we'll do an hour today. And we'll go to two hours next Monday after the first Illinois football game coming up later this week, of course, on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Our show and throughout the year will be brought to you by Berkey's Farm Store, your hometown Kubota dealer. Visit Berkey's at 2202 South High Cross Road in Urbana. We appreciate Berkey's Farm Store being with us. We also appreciate Mr. Tate back on Mondays. Good morning. Your golf outings are over on Monday. <laughs> Good. <laughs> You're ready to move on to something else. Huh? Well, I, yeah. all I know is my back feels so good when I don't play golf. <laughs> well, good to have you here for the first edition of our Monday Morning Quarterback Show. And we're going to kick it off in style here with our friend Jason Benetti from Fox Sports. He'll be doing the uh, first uh, game, of course, with Nebraska and Northwestern over in uh, Dublin, Ireland. And Jason joins us on the line here with Fox Sports. How you doing, Jason? Brian, Lauren, uh, you are officially the first people to introduce me on a radio uh, as of Fox Sports, so thank you. Well, congratulations on that. Thanks, thanks. It's a, uh, I'm really excited. They've been great, and, uh, you know, I get to stay in the Big Ten, so that's, that's awesome, too. Yeah, well, um, you know, you've had a, a, a great uh, start with your career, and I'm uh, just so happy for... Uh, to see your career blossom the way it has. And, uh, boy, you're keeping busy with the White Sox and now this. Are, are you going to do college basketball too? Yeah, yeah, I'll see you for college basketball. It'll be, you know, some Big Ten, I think probably some Big East. Not not exactly sure what mix it'll be. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be around you. You're not going to get rid of me in the hoops, uh, the hoops <laughs> realm. Well, the biggest question I've been asked, Jason, all the time is, what's up with week zero? <laughs> Why call it week zero? Have you been asked that? <laughs> You know what? I I would like to ask somebody important that because can't can't we just have week one be week one? I mean, uh, enough teams play during week zero that it should be week one. But it's like you know you go to a hotel and you're on the 14th floor, but there's no 13. You know exactly where you are. <laughs> That's a good point. Go ahead, Lauren. Well, I, I I think that the the week zero was originally you know a few years back there'd only be a very, very, very few teams playing, but everybody's figured out a way to sneak in there, you know, and get that early game. I th- how much advantage do you, do you think, Jason, is it to have a game ahead of, let's say, Indiana, which will be hosting Illinois on a, uh, the following Friday? Uh, how much advantage is that? To, uh, do they have the advantage in, 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 with their secrecy, or do, does Illinois have an advantage having played a game? You know, it's, I think it's, it's a case-by-case thing, but my overall feeling would be, and please tell me if you both think otherwise, but my overall feeling is that first game can be such a mess just in execution and things like that. I feel like once you get that first one under your belt, you're just a better team. So I generally feel like the teams who get to play one 
are better than the teams who don't. That's just my personal feeling. Well, I agree. I, I think that when you have a new offensive coordinator, as is the case with Illinois, of course, Indiana's got two coordinate, new coordinators, but uh, they've got the offense didn't uh, run a very, very good passing game last year, and I think that uh, Lunny will make a difference there, and, and I think it really helps to get those receivers out and, and find out what we have in that area. That has been a weak position that has to be developed for Illinois, the, the, the passing game and the receivers, because what we've seen is we haven't taken advantage of the tight end, we haven't taken advantage of the receivers the way we should, and uh, I, do you, uh, I'll take your comment on this, but I, I think that's the weakness that they need to work on. Well, it, it seems to me that if you have explosive players and you can't get them the ball, that tends to be the biggest problem for a team in college football. The quarterback position is so important. I mean, our first game, we have Northwestern and Nebraska, and you both have seen what has happened to Northwestern on year, off year, on year, off year, and it's a quarterback play, right? When they had Clayton Thorson, and he was a four-year player for them, they were succeeding, and they were getting the ball to playmakers, and they weren't making mistakes. So to me, the quarterback position to get the ball to the playmakers is the most important thing in college football, especially in this era of transfers. If you can develop or at least get a transfer quarterback, you know, like Tommy DeVito or whoever it is on a year-to-year basis, that's that's where you're really making hay. Mm-hmm. Jason Benetti is with us from Fox Sports. He'll be doing the uh, game coming up Saturday, Nebraska and Northwestern, as they play that game in Dublin, Ireland. This is a game Jason Illinois was supposed to play in back in 2020, a couple of years ago before COVID hit, so uh, not able to do that now. But you talk about... Teams playing their first game, and you're right, first games are always kind of strange. And then you take two teams playing their first game and move them across the pond to play the game. That, that's that got to be interesting, I would think, the dynamic of that. It, it was, it's really interesting. The, um, the last time I, I did a game in Ireland, I was fortunate enough to go for ESPN in 2016, and we had the last conference game that's been played overseas. It was Boston College, Georgia Tech. And it was the opener that season, and they played in the rain at Aviva Stadium. And the game ended up being 17-14. I mean, it was like a 1980s or 90s Big Ten game, it felt like, right? There was mud getting kicked up, a new quarterback on BC's side, and incomplete passes galore. And it was one of those, like, you just kind of grind it out. But the thing about this game specifically to me is, Nebraska has so much on the line, and I don't like to say that in a one-game scenario, but with the way their conference season went last year and all of those one-score losses that they had, I just I have to believe that this is a really tension-filled game for Nebraska because if they lose this game, there's going to be another here-we-go-again sort of feel to it. Yeah, and I think that... Uh... There's no question that Frost feels this because he's on the he's on the borderline. If if they lose the Northwestern and don't make a bowl game this year, he's gone. I mean, everybody knows that, don't they? I, I, that's kind of the feeling, right? I mean, the, he took a pay cut, right, and they restructured his deal, yeah. and they haven't had a winning team for a while. I mean, three and nine, three and five, five and seven, four and eight, four and eight since 2017. And he's the chosen one. And so, yeah, I mean, I I hate that that's people's livelihoods. Like, I don't like seeing people lose. I don't even love talking about it per se because it's just, you know, it's a, it's a really tough business. 
but they're also well compensated for it. And I just think it's a really pivotal opening game for Nebraska because you look at what their schedule is late in the year, like two of their last three are on the road at Michigan and at Iowa. And in the middle of that is a home game against Wisconsin. So if you don't get off to a good start in the Big Ten, and then you play two of your first three on the road after that, I just I think it could go south. Hmm. Jason Benetti is with us here for a few minutes on A Penny for Your Thoughts, our first uh, Berkey's Farm Store Monday morning quarterback show. And we started off with Jason here today, of course. Uh, he's on the TV side for the White Sox, NBC Sports Chicago, but of course now with Fox Sports uh, College Football. Uh, your take, uh, Jason, on the... Uh, what was the deal? They just signed $7 billion for TV rights. At least. My, oh, my, <laughs> as uh, Dick Enberg used to say. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of it going straight into all of our pockets as announcers. Uh, across the <laughs> you, get, you get some of that, too, right, Brian? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Is I'm, that how it goes? I'm waiting on that check from the university, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm really happy for the Big Ten. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I, I can tell you from my experience doing these Peacock NBC baseball games, that NBC has a great care for sports coverage. And I'm really happy to see NBC in the Big Ten game. I've made a lot of friends over there. I think Sam Flood, who runs NBC Sports, is a phenomenal sports fan who cares a lot about it. And CBS as well. I mean, we've seen what they've done with the SEC package. So I'm thrilled for the Big Ten. I'm thrilled for Kevin Warren. I think it's a really big deal for this league to be able to go places that will really give it that, you know, one game a week care, right? ESPN did great things for the Big Ten. That's not a knock on ESPN. But I think the one game a week, the CBS 330 and the NBC primetime, I just think it's going to be massive exposure for the league to go with, with you know, my new partners at Fox Sports. And, and I, 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 when I saw it happen, and, and I, you know, I kind of knew it was coming based on rumblings I had heard, I'm just I'm thrilled about the NBC piece of it because I have experienced firsthand how much care and how much detail they put into these Peacock shows every Sunday, and I'm glad the Big Ten's getting a piece of that. Jason, uh, with uh, ABC and, and NBC, I'm sorry, with CBS and NBC apparently putting in about $350 million apiece, what do you, how, how are the games going to be determined? Who, what is Fox's position in terms of who gets to pick first? Uh, some games are more attractive than others. How does that work? You know, I don't know the exact ramifications for what it means for Fox yet in the football draft, but I do know that NBC gets a piece of the Big Ten championship game in football. I know CBS as part of the deal based on what was reported. CBS gets a better pick at Big Ten games uh, in this new deal than they did last time, cause I, meaning Big Ten basketball specifically. Uh, and then they're adding the football. But uh, I think there's a share just like there was for Fox and ESPN. I got a little tutorial a bunch of years ago at one of the ESPN football seminars about how that draft worked. And at that point, it was basically, depending on the league, it was every other week, I think, for the Big 12 or something like that. ESPN got first pick. And then they would, if they really wanted the game, they'd make a trade. It's a little bit like you know, the NFL draft or the NBA draft, they can make trades on those things as well. But you're basically, you have your analytics people and programming deciding based on market, based on what the schedule is down the road, uh, who you want and who you don't want in a given week. But I, I don't know exactly how the draft works, but I think 
Uh, I know CBS is getting a better basketball pick. That's the one detail that I've read in all of this. But, I, I, you know, Fox Sports had its package, the A package, quote-unquote, already locked up, and they were in on the negotiations with the other TV networks. So I believe Fox has a big piece of it, but I don't know exactly how it works yet. Well, I I, I can ima- I don't need analytics to tell me that uh, I want Ohio State practically every week if I can get them. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's more people watch their games, and, and of course they're, they're running. They seem to be running away with the, with the league, although obviously they didn't win it last year, but Boy, they look. I mean, their recruiting is just incredible, and the program. I, how much? How much stronger can they get? It's uh, it's difficult to imagine how much stronger. You know, they seem like they're one of those dynasties. But again, you know, it's, it's interesting to talk about dynasties in college football, right? Because for, like Florida State, if I said to you in the middle of the '90s, right after the Charlie Ward season, that Florida State would be on its third coach in however many short amount of years, right? and that they would be losing to Jacksonville State in week one. You'd be like, wow, no way. So I, I do think, you know, teams look like dynasties, and Alabama obviously has been one. Ohio State has become one in the Big Ten. Georgia as well in the SEC. But it does happen fast that other powers rise, too, and I think that's kind of the allure of college football. And honestly, that's why I hope we get to eight in the college football playoff, because it gives more ramp for teams to be able to have an upset and then build a dynasty because of it. Because if you're the eight seed and you beat the one seed, your recruiting skyrockets, guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Jason Benetti with us for a few more minutes on a Monday morning quarterback show brought to you by Berkey's Farm Store. Pleased to have Jason join us for a few minutes. Mentioned uh, the TV deal, Jason, and now, of course, the Big Ten with the addition of UCLA and USC coming so far. Uh, you're in three the three top TV markets, right? New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I think it is. It is, and you know, I like that you added the so far because of the yeah. report of the Board uh, <laughs> of Regents or whatever, and, and the California, the University of California system. I mean, I think it might turn out, and this is speculation, but it might turn out that the compromise is that a couple of the other California schools come with, or something like that. So we'll see exactly how it goes with those um, with those teams in the Big Ten. But I think it's huge for the league. I mean. We all have talked about for years that shoot-arounds or whatever it is. Like I, I know I've had this conversation with a number of people uh, associated with Big Ten schools and even with coaches last year. I remember a couple conversations with coaches about possible expansion and 16-team leagues and everything that goes along with it. And it feels weird for fans of that league right when they strike, right? And USC and UCLA show up and everybody says, well, UCLA playing Rutgers on a Tuesday night seems strange. If you don't strike, somebody else is going to, right? So if these commissioners felt like this seismic shift was going to happen, I am really happy for the Big Ten because they've made the first move. And I believe in this scenario, making the first move rarely hurts you. I mean, we saw the ACC do it with Miami and, um, you know, Virginia Tech and, and those schools out of the Big East. And the ACC was ahead of that back in the first expansion situation back in the early 2000s. And then Syracuse and Pittsburgh and all of that, Boston College. And so for me, it seems like the Big Ten is is on the front end of this. And I think as a fan, if you're a Big Ten fan, that's where you want to be, even if it's strange at first, because somebody was going to do it, I think. Hmm. I remember a few years ago, the Pac-12 was looking to get Texas and Oklahoma 
to go to the Pac-12. And now it could be the other way around with some of those schools. That's that's crazy when you think about how yeah. quickly it can change. If the Big Ten hits the Pac-12 again, let's say with Washington or Stanford or Oregon, that's going to mean that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 got to look at each other and, and form a conference, I think. What do you think? I think, I think you're right. I mean, I, at some point you're looking and you're saying what's left. I also think – you know, Mike Oresco and the American Conference have always been sitting there saying, I wonder if we can become a power conference. They've been calling themselves the Power Six, even in football, and obviously Cincinnati helped them. They're going to the Big 12 now. I, I just think if you're one of those schools that is going from the American to the Big 12, or you know, you're one of those schools in the Pac-12 that thinks you're going to probably get cut out, you probably have to make a move before you get cut out. So I, I agree with you. Uh, that seems like the really, the the very plausible solution for all those schools. Visiting with Jason Benetti from Fox Sports. Uh, let me ask you about Illinois and Brett Bielema and the Big Ten West. Uh, in a lot of its run, you know, Northwestern's won it a couple of times, but basically it's been through Wisconsin or through Iowa. Uh, what do you think of Illinois and Brett Bielema and their chances in the West? You know, I, I don't know how Illini fans feel, but I, I really like Brett Bielema, and I feel like he belongs in the Big Ten. I think the way he goes about his business, and like I know it was five wins last year, but I feel like this team is going to be better this season. And I also feel like that division sometimes ends up being up for grabs when you don't expect it to. I think Wisconsin is going to be really good, and Iowa is always Iowa, but I – I do believe Illinois has the right guy in the head coach position. I, I feel strongly that Brett Bielema understands the Big Ten, knows how to win in the Big Ten, and I really do think it's just a matter of time. I, maybe maybe I'm being overly optimistic or whatever, but like I think he's the right guy in the right moment. I do. I think he's the right guy in the right moment, but I think it Flex the right guy in the right moment for Minnesota. And I think Brom is the right guy at the right time for Purdue. For Purdue. Yeah. I mean, look, this thing is going to be a pileup. I don't think I don't know how you predict anything in this league. I mean, I I could see any game going either way. Now I don't know where Northwestern is, but I think Illinois is capable of winning. I just think I think Illinois is capable of playing a really tough game against everybody. I'm not saying who will win in the fourth quarter, but. Uh, Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose in those situations. But I, I just think the league, I, I don't know how you pick a, a favorite. I mean, the, the schedule, the, yeah. I'm talking about the West, yeah. because Purdue's schedule is to their advantage. Anybody that doesn't play Ohio State has an edge on everybody else in the West. Yeah, hmm. I agree. I and, and you look, and right now the East is obviously stronger than the West to me. I mean, just top-heavy wise with Ohio State and Michigan, but... I, I do think this is one of those seasons where you could look and, you know, Wisconsin was favored to win the West last year and they struggled early on. So I, I think this is one of those this year where you could lose one or two games and still be posi- positioned fairly well in the final couple weeks of the season. I, I don't know how this is going to shake down. You have a good feel for the East, but the West is, I agree with you completely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where it ends up because, you know, say Nebraska loses week one against Northwestern. Everybody will say, like, well, Nebraska's toast. They might not be, but I, I think that early barometer is going to be really interesting for that side of the league. Hmm. Well, I want to touch on baseball real quick with you, Jason. The White Sox, uh, what do you think here as we head into September here soon? <laughs> I, I don't know. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's August 22nd, and I still don't know. I mean, 
they're, they're two and a half back, and they've done so many things that you could say, well, they, they should be out of the race. But they're not. And they still have all this top-flight talent, and they still have nine games left with Minnesota and four left with Cleveland. And I, I, everywhere we go around the league, and every time I travel for a game for Peacock on a Sunday, the first thing people say to me is, you guys are still going to win this division by like six games, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I think, I think the talent that the Sox has outclasses the rest of the division talent-wise. But they have played some interesting baseball this year, so I, I still feel strongly that they're going to win the division. But they do need to go on a burner here real soon, or else they're going to be in one of those mm-hmm. situations. You know how it is, like in the NCAA tournament. If you're up twelve at the half, you feel pretty good. If you're up two at the half of your first-round game, you don't feel good. And then when you get down to five minutes and it's still a two-point game, then you've played yourself into a coin flip that didn't need to be a coin flip. Mm. And I'm afraid that the Sox are going to play themselves into a three-way coin flip that they didn't need to be involved mm. in. So you're able to juggle your baseball and your football, I guess, coming up? You're going to yeah, have to. We're, we're, <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> no, I um, I'll be I'll be gone for a couple Sox games next week because they we actually the next week after Nebraska Northwestern we have a Thursday in Stillwater and a Saturday in Norman, mm. but YouTube's taken a game and and Fox has taken a game and so you know I'm not missing that many Sox games and the Sox have been great about working with me on a number of off days at work so mm. I'll be around for most of September it's just Fridays and Saturdays I'll be gone. Well, I really enjoy you and Steve Stone together. You guys do a fantastic job. Uh, Thanks, so so much fun. <laughs> we, we, I mean, you you have to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's 162 games. Sometimes you lose by 10, and if you can't <laughs> smile, I don't I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. No, I can tell uh, when there's chemistry in the booth and when there's not. Oh, and you yeah. and you guys have just fantastic chemistry. So so I love it. So well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And that's that's the one the one thing about this new Fox deal is that I'm going to get to do a couple games at Big Ten Network, so I can keep working with Robbie Hummel, who is. One of my favorite people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jason, thank you for the time. I know it's valuable for you. And uh, have, a, have a good uh, weekend this weekend with the game, and we'll be seeing you on the circuit somewhere. Sounds great. Thanks, Brian. All right. Talk, talk Thanks, to you later. Lauren. Bye. Yep, Jason Benetti. There you go. Voice of the TV uh, side of things for the White Sox with Steve Stone and, of course, Fox Sports. And uh, Gus Johnson's the number one guy for Fox Sports, but uh, Jason's number two. And he's going to be bad. he's going to be around a while. He's a young man. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right, a break, and then we'll come back with more here on the Monday Morning Quarterback Show, brought to you by Berkey's Farm Store. Back after this. All right, on a penny for your thoughts. News Talk fourteen hundred DWS here as we get ready for. The uh, Wyoming Cowboys coming up Saturday at 3, our Illini game day coverage at 1 o'clock, and we've got our first press conference coming up today. With Josh okay. Whitman, too. Yeah, Whitman at noon, I think the two Both coordinators. coordinators. We'll, we'll find out more. I mean, they. I will say this, they're pretty good at talking about individuals without talking about the schemes or anything. They're not going to learn about that. But I feel like I know the roster now just from listening to them and, and hearing what is going on out there. I mean, I feel like I know mm-hmm. the two deep pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I've kind of pieced together my own chart. I wish I knew that much about Wyoming. <laughs> I don't I don't know, uh, Brian, where I've ever seen a team lose as many key players as they have. I mean, they had 10 players transfer. They were not just guys. That, they had guys that 
their leading rusher, their leading receiver, their leading defensive back. I mean, they they've had a lot, of, and then they've had the injuries. They had the the transfer from Alabama, Keelan Cox. He's he's out for the year. He's an edge rusher. He won't be able to play. Uh, their nickelback broke his leg, and uh, one of their wide receivers. Where they were one. By the way, they were one hundred seventeenth last year in passing. Mm-hmm. They're not very good at the passing game. They do run the ball hard. And and they lost uh, one of their key receivers with an injury. So they've had three uh, major injuries here uh, going into the season. Which, I've, by the way, Illinois has had, do I dare say it, none? Yeah, so far. So far. Yeah. I'm almost afraid to say it because, you know, in, in August we always lose somebody. We lose Slaughter one year. Where we look back at, you know, last year. I mean, we look yeah. back over the years. We always lose some guy. and. So far, we've been, and I think he's been pretty cautious out there. They've had two scrimmages, but as soon as he saw what he wanted to see, he got DeVito and others out, you remember, mm-hmm. and, and, and Chase Brown and let the other guys play. Um, Wyoming last year, 7-6, and six, mm-hmm. won a bowl game. They started 4-0. and oh. Started 4-0, so and, oh, and then went 2-6 and six in the league. In the league. In the Mountain West. Yeah, and did not. Uh, and that's an interesting league because they've got some teams that, the Pac-12 Pac or the Pac-10, whatever you want to call them, as they, as they lose USC and UCLA, will they look toward Boise State? Will they look toward San Diego State, Fresno State? Fresno State's mm. the favorite this year, I guess. Mm. And so I just, that, that league is a, is a pretty good league. And uh, they, I think many people felt last year that Wyoming would be near the top of it. And a really good team seemed to not – it just fell apart for some reason. They went, as I said, two and six in the league. I've got to uh, double check this, but I th- I saw they've only got three seniors on the roster. This is three this seniors. Is a thin team. This is the game Illinois should win. Mm-hmm. I mean, based on Illinois' talent that we have returning, and based on here's the thing we don't know though, Brian, and this is what we got to get used to transfers. Yeah. I mean, they may have some terrific transfers. They got a guy named Peasley coming in from Utah State. Maybe he's going to be a, a terrific quarterback for him. I don't know. When I'm reading stuff, I wish I had written all, it all down over the last week or two, reading about all the quarterbacks who are starting all over the country who mm-hmm. are transfers. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Stunning. Oh, it's stunning. It really is, including I mean, right here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Illinois is just part of a. Of a national trend, right? Uh, uh, quarterbacks everywhere are, are, you know, we're just seeing them pop up where you where you least expect. Now here's some uh, former coaches at Wyoming. Okay, okay, Ready? people that have coached at Wyoming. Yeah, guy named Bob Devaney. Okay, coach there. <laughs> of course, Devaney, we know how he turned out. Fred Akers, yeah, coached at Wyoming. Yeah, Pat Dye mm-hmm. was there. Dennis Erickson. Yeah, he was a good passing quarterback. He he was a passing coach, as yeah. I recall. And Joe Tiller, of yeah. course, was yeah, at Wyoming a great before run at, uh, Purdue. Before he came to Purdue, so those some of the names. And one other one who didn't have as much success out there as a head coach, but was here was Vic Coning, mm-hmm. was the head coach of Wyoming at one point. Mm-hmm. Had a terrible so, record. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he came back as a defensive coordinator and was terrific. Yep. And uh, he's um, in fact the defense we had last year was probably the best. Maybe we've had since Best since Koning, since Koning yeah. was here. I think, I think Ryan, that's right. Ryan Walters did the uh, job last year. Illinois, of course, five and seven, and a couple of wins on the road at Penn State and at Minnesota, and they'll start the season with Wyoming and then play at Indiana, as Lauren mentioned earlier with Jason, on a Friday night in uh, Bloomington, and that'll be Indiana's first game. 
But it is week zero, as I mentioned. But there are other games uh, going on, not just yeah, I, uh, I not just our list. game. That's a, that's a long list. Isn't yeah, it? Not, uh, for for a week zero, Austin P in Western Kentucky, Nebraska Northwestern in in Ireland, Idaho UNLV, UConn Utah State, Wyoming Illinois, Duquesne Florida State, Charlotte Florida Atlantic, Florida A and M North Carolina, and Vanderbilt at Hawaii are the games coming up in uh, week one. Got a question here. Good morning, Brian and Lauren. What do you think of our outside linebackers? Can well, they do a great? Can I, they do I, a good job? Like I'm last really year? anxious to. Uh, I, I'm, I, we've seen Holmes. Uh, he's grown to a uh, point where I think he's pretty solid in taking Carney's place. Um, but um, Alec Bryant is the one that intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a transfer who got in too late last year to play. He's big enough. He's 260 pounds. He looks like he's. He looks. He looks like a football player. We'll see if he is. He's going to get a chance to show what he can do, mm-hmm. and I I think that uh, it's a questionable. I mean, it's a position we don't know enough about yet. Right. I mean, we lost two really good plays. By the way, I saw Carney make a big play in the NFL this week. Okay, on yep. on on TV. I mean, yep. I just happened to. It was a highlight, mm-hmm. and showed him making a sack. So Carney came down strong. He came on strong last year for Illinois, as did Isaiah Gay, and it would be uh, foolish for me to say that. We're going to be that good this year at that position because we're losing two fifth-year guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll still remember uh, when Bielma came in and all these guys were leaving, and Carney was leaving, mm-hmm. and he sat down with Bielma. Bielma brought back this guy. He brought back oh. Hanson. He brought back Adams. He brought back so many players last year for one more year, mm-hmm. and it, it it turned out to be a, a competitive season, even though we're disappointed they didn't make a bowl. But Illinois uh, – you know, you, you can't overlook wins over Minnesota and Penn State. Those are big wins last year. And again, the uh, schedule early, a chance for Illinois to get off to a good start. Oh, yeah. Potentially. Uh, yeah. Can they, can they, A, can they get that done? And if they can, then how many more can they win? And, you know, obviously you hope to win them all, but um, the schedule gets a little, the sledding gets a little tougher in October. So now, when, when you talk about those outside linebackers, they're essentially defensive ends. It's just mm-hmm. it, maybe they're not putting their hands down, but they're, these are players who would be considered, I considered Carney a defensive end. You can, can call him an outside linebacker if you want to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I think it, it doesn't really matter what you call him. He was a pass rusher, as was Gay. And they were in the backfield a lot last year, and, and Illinois can use some more of that. Because otherwise, I think inside linebacker and the two tackles, I think we've got star players at all four positions. In fact, um, well, I, I th- we haven't seen enough of Hart, but he had a terrific single game before oh, yeah. he got hurt. Oh, he had the touchdown uh, yeah. recovery. Yeah, against Nebraska, won yep. the game for us. Yep. And so we'll see what he can do. And, and uh and the coaches really like Dark Angelo, who I mm-hmm. haven't seen enough to know. He's been a special mm-hmm. teams player. He's a transfer from Northern Michigan, and he's an older player too. And I think I saw uh, Illinois got some experience. I mean, they've got some. I mean, even, even some guys like I mentioned Holmes, even though he hasn't uh, he hasn't been a starter, he's been around here about four years. You know, it's like we've got some experience at, at all the positions. Yeah. The, the secondary. In particular, has got a lot of experience. And one of the um, stories of camp has been the emergence of the young man from Moline, Bailey, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matthew Bailey. Yeah, if um, he can. Yeah, I I don't know how many how much of the time we're going to have uh, uh, Brown out, Sidney yeah, Brown. Right. 
But uh, he's the backup for Sidney so, Brown, apparently. He's yeah. Sidney Brown 2, right? That's right, 2.0, I think 2. they 0. say. Yeah, that's the technical term. All right, Alan is with us here at 1045 on a our first Monday morning quarterback show with the folks at Berkey's. How you doing, Alan? Pretty good. What's better with Sidney Brown? Nothing wrong with Sidney Brown. He'll be starting ahead. Oh, I thought. No, okay. he's no, fine. no. He's, he's, nope. We're just talking about uh, Bailey, who who looks so good, is now backing up Sidney Brown, and I'm saying that Bailey okay. won't get much playing time in a in a close game because they're going to have Sidney Brown in the game as much as possible. Okay, my question is, what about the punter and kicker? Well, I tell you, I thought that uh, Robertson looked pretty good as a punter, mm-hmm. and Griffin looked pretty good as a kicker so far. I mean, obviously, when you uh, when you're new to the position, who knows? I mean, we right, but I think we they've got the leg for it, mm-hmm. uh, but they aren't going to be as good as the guy that they succeed. <laughs> be hard to follow Blake Hayes. I don't. I know. think that if you took the two the two kickers last year as a combination. Yeah. That's the best combination in Illinois history, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that at the same time. Did yes. either one make did either one of them get a job in the NFL? Not not that I've seen, but the, I don't know that they're doing the cutdowns here as we go along in the NFL. So I cuz somebody else asked, did Blake Hayes wind up on any NFL teams? Um, I assume he was in camp with somebody, but I'll, we'll check on that. Nobody keeps a number two punter, do they? They keep him on the yeah taxi squad, taxi, maybe. Right, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll check into it. Uh, one more question: What time is the Virginia game? Uh, I knew you'd ask me that. Is it um, is it three o'clock? Also, I'm going to guess it's eleven, but I'm not. I thought that I had it down at one thirty. Okay, that might. Let me look here. I'll I'll look it up. The only reason I'm questioning that is I think that our Saturday morning show uh, is cut back to one hour because of the starting time, and that would make me think it was early. But I've got it at three p.m. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's even better for me. So. Okay. That's what it says. That's Virginia game three. Yeah, Wyoming's at three. Indiana's at seven. Illinois, Virginia at three. Chattanooga on a Thursday at seven thirty. So, okay, there you that go. It's what I Thank thought, you. but you scared me. Okay, thanks, thanks, Alan. Yeah. Ten forty-eight. Back in a moment here on a Monday morning quarterback show presented by Berkey's Farm Store. All right, here we go. This is for the win. Penn State had their pass attempt broken up. And they align I do it on the ninth overtime try. Norwood to the left of Brandon Peters. In motion, Navarro. Fake. Peters rolls to the end zone. It is caught. It is caught. And it's good. Maryland 38, handoff to the tailback. Josh McCray to the left, to the outside 30, 25, stiff arm at the 15, to the 10, 5, touchdown! Josh McCray, the big freshman from Alabama, rambles in, touchdown Illinois, and it's 10-9 from 38 yards out, big number zero. All right, some of the couple of highlights from last year. Illinois football team, they get ready for Wyoming this Saturday at 3. Volleyball starts this weekend as well. Soccer's already played two matches. 
Yeah, so we're two underway wins. there. 2-0 so far. We're perfect on the season. Yeah. Facer Law Office invites you to attend their free seminar, The Seven Deadly Sins That Could Wreck Your Life Plan. Join Thorpe Facer and Facer Law Office, I-Hotel and Conference Center, Wednesday, August 24th at 1.30. Reserve your space. Call the Facer Law Office, 217-337-1111. We're with Lauren Tate. We had Jason Benetti on from Fox Sports. If you missed any of that, we'll have a podcast up a little later today. Uh, how about those Cardinals, somebody says? Well, they, well, they seem to, like last year, they seem to be coming around toward the end of the season. Remember, they had a 17-game win streak last year, yeah. uh, which came out of the blue. And uh, I don't think this is coming out of the blue. They, they've they've been a different team ever since they landed those two pitchers. And Montgomery, by the way, is pitching today against the Cubs. Quintana mm-hmm. didn't look too good yesterday, but that was his first bad start with the Cardinals. But I don't think the Cardinals have... That super ace that that the the championship teams usually have, but they've got five guys. And by the way, five guys, five games in four days. Who's going to start the fifth game? Yeah, I don't the, know. Pujols. <laughs> well, we've seen him. He can do everything else. Yeah. But uh, no, that's know. really tough on Cub and Cardinal pitchers to to have five games in four days because if you had a five man rotation, you know that's four days in between. Uh, somebody they're going to have to come up have a bullpen game, I guess. Somewhere along the way. All right, got an update on the kickers here. Michael okay. Martin helped me out with this. McCourt is still with the Chargers upon last check. Okay. Hayes was drafted by the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Canadian Football mm-hmm. League, and is currently on their practice squad. Is that right? So that's the latest on those two guys. Boy, oh boy, I yeah. thought Hayes would surely, I thought he would have a great chance to make it in the NFL. I mean, he's. He was he was he couldn't ask for a better punter than yeah. he was. Well, unfortunately, there's only like like you said one guy. That's it. And there's only so many spots. Uh, we got ten fifty three. Uh, Brent Musburger here with us on our uh, update from Vegas. Here you go. All right, third and two, Nebraska. Third down today. They're two out of six. Four receivers to the left on third and two. They got guys spread out everywhere. Here comes the rush on Martinez, and he fumbles the ball. It is loose, scooped up by the Illini. Going to the end zone. Touchdown! Touchdown, Illinois! Fumble by Martinez. The Illini run it in for the score. Peters under center. Illinois, after the missed field goal, has it first and 10 at their own 20. Brown in the backfield. He was the workhorse. Last drive gets the handoff. Big hole left side. 30 up he goes. 35-40. Left side. Get and to that a thousand yards. That's I mean, how you get, get to a thousand. Yards. That's right. That, that <laughs> those add up pretty quick when you get to that. All right. You uh, realize only two uh, backs in Illinois history have had back-to-back thousand see, thousand yard uh, seasons. Only two. Only two. Yeah. Grabowski and Holcomb. Is that right? Grabowski and Holcomb. Hmm. That's it. Well, he's he's got a shot at it, and he he's going to have a big year, I think. Oh, I do Chase too. Well I, 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 I think that I think that basically he's going to share time, but 
But because you don't want your running back just to carry every, you know, we're not looking to be, we're we're not trying to make him a thirty carry workhorse yeah. in the game. Yeah. But he's going to get plenty of opportunity. And by the way, he can catch the ball a little bit too. I, I mm-hmm. noticed that in running out. I mean, he's he's got some ability to to score in different ways. All right, a couple of quick texts here. We got about a minute left. Uh, hi, Lauren. I thought Jason Anderson looked really good in the spring game, and I haven't heard much about him. Is he haven't either? I haven't heard much behind. about him at all. Lafferty's uh, receiving yeah. more uh, comments from the coaches up to this point. Yeah, kid, it, it, young it man sounds from like Gibson he might City. redshirt. Yeah, because uh, Lawfrey's having a good camp, mm-hmm. and of course you got Brown and McCray. So, yeah, uh, good stuff, guys. Good stuff, guys. You're the teachers. I'm the student. Go Illini, <laughs> listener says. All right, Lauren. Well, we'll do two hours of it next Monday. All right. We'll have that. We got something good to talk about. I hope so too. (laughs) And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then. So thank you. All right. That's our uh, first edition of the Berkey's Farm Store Monday Morning Quarterback Show. Your hometown Kubota dealer. Visit Berkey's at twenty two zero two South High Cross Road in Urbana. Do an hour tomorrow of open line at ten o'clock. Paul Rudy on the money. Sean Green will join us. On Wednesday, Jim Dye on Thursday, Illini Friday on Friday with Jay Lehman. And then we'll do our flashback Friday at the end of the week. Ed Bond's been our producer today. WDWS Champaign-Urbana at the Tone, 11 o'clock Central.